Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us this Thursday afternoon. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Great place to enjoy barbecue for the entire family. Uh, you can enjoy it in the dining room, through the drive-thru, or have it home delivered. However you choose it, just be sure you choose Dickie's. And uh, be sure you uh, enjoy some delicious barbecue from Dickies. All right, J.P. Heath from Rice University joining us later in the show. Kelly Center as well. But right now, uh, we go down to the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Uh, Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun Herald. And Patrick, before we really get into football coaches and that sort of thing, we're glad that you're okay. And uh, for our listeners around the state, uh, things got pretty bad on the Gulf Coast last night. Kind of fill us in, please. Yeah, I live in Ocean Springs and. Uh you know, it was it was it wasn't fun. It sounded like a freight train outside, and uh, my French doors buckled a time or two, and the uh, front door was just kind of you know you just feel the pressure change in the building. There's a couple of guys that really felt felt like the building moved a time or two. Uh, uh, the power went out around ten o'clock, but they'd been out earlier in New Orleans and in the Bay St. Louis, which was hit particularly hard. So uh, everybody's kind of picking up the pieces this morning with a lot of. Fences knocked down and shingles blown off, and uh, really, if, if that's all you got, you're kind of lucky compared to what a lot of what a lot of people went through last night. It was, it was probably, it was. I don't think it was unquestionably probably the most severe storm to hit uh, the Mississippi Gulf Coast and New Orleans since Katrina. And you said it got particularly bad over in the Bay St. Louis area. Yeah, I've been in touch with coaches at uh, St. Stanislaus and uh, Bay High over there, and. They've already canceled the football game at St. Stanislaus and Bayhurst trying to figure out how they're going to play Van Cleve uh, this weekend. Uh, but, yeah, it's a lot of shingles off, a lot of trees down on houses. Uh, the Bay High coach believes a tornado came through uh, uh, near their campus. And, I mean, they've, they've got a set of small bleachers that are usually in the end zone to house the band, but that's upside down in the visitors' bleachers now. Mm. So it's it's just a lot, a lot of damage in Bay St. Louis. Hancock County really kind of took it hard. And I think we unfortunately had the death of a Mississippian on the coast, if if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yeah, there was a uh, thing was Broadwater, Broadwater Marina. There was a, uh, a parent drowning. So yeah, it's mm. uh, and I think there was at least one death in Louisiana as well. So it was it was a serious storm without doubt. Well, okay, and and I appreciate you updating us on that. I'm glad that you are you and yours are okay, and you know our our thoughts to all of our fellow Mississippians down there are dealing. Whoa, what a what a year for hurricanes! Also, Patrick, 2020 has been a weird year here at Southern Miss. We haven't talked to you since uh, last week. Uh, since you put out an article, a very interesting article with Jeremy McLean, we've since had an interesting conversation with him as well. But your article really laid out his path and his ideas for uh, the mm-hmm. next head coach, and shortly after that, the interim coach is out of town. Uh, I've heard some say he came in and out as quickly as the hurricane last night, but uh, your thoughts about him leaving, and when do you think all of that was in the works, Patrick? 
Oh, what? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, you know how co- uh, colleges do that. It's not something they really do overnight, especially hiring a thirty-year-old, you know, guy to be the next head coach. It was something that probably been in the works for a, at least a week or two. Um, it's is an unfortunate timing on it, but I mean, this is you can't blame Scotty Walden one bit for taking this opportunity because it was apparent he was not a candidate to be the next head coach at Southern Miss. Uh, and Austin P is one of those programs that's actually kind of improved its standing as an FCS. Uh, program Will Healy, the head coach at Charlotte, uh, he was able to move up from Austin uh, from Austin P and get a, a FBS job, and uh, they went in and hired Mark Hutchbiss, and something went weird there, and he left after one year. Uh, but that's still a program com- where Walden can kind of co- go in and help his odds of becoming a, a head coach on the next level. So I, I think for Walden, it made a lot of sense. I know he pr- he felt bad about leaving at the time. It is, but I mean, whenever you have an opportunity to better yourself and your family, uh, that that was an opportunity you had to take. I agree. I think the thing that struck me as the oddest is when Jeremy McLean told us yesterday he had not received any contact from Austin P University, and that just took me by surprise. Wow. That surprised you? Yeah, that does surprise me. Uh, that's you know, usually you ask for. <laughs> You right. gotta ask for permission. Right. Right. Uh, right. That's actually that's the first, especially whenever you're interviewing somebody who's in the head coach position. Uh, that's that's a little unusual. That's that, that, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't have any. That's that's strange. But I, I felt the same way when I heard it. Luke, get into the conversation with the professor. I thought, uh, yeah, I thought it's it's a symbol of a lot of things. Maybe it's because he's a, an interim head coach, but I, I thought that was pretty, yeah, bush league by by Austin P. Not to do that, Patrick. I'm just thankful. First and foremost, I'm thankful that Jeremy let us know yesterday that Scotty actually notified him of it. That you know, when this first came out, it just looked like Scotty just walked in and said, "Hey, see you later." And and it it, it comes to find out it wasn't like that at all. I'm thankful because I think that's how the team is able to cope with it moving forward. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's the and the team knows that Scotty was in a situation that was difficult. Uh, there were no guarantees for anybody on that staff going into next season. Uh, chances are Scotty would be looking for a new job elsewhere. And whenever this opportunity, hey, coach comes along, you have to take it. But uh, for the players, I, like I said, I think there's that understanding. Uh, they know the situation. It's a weird year, and Tim Billings there is. He's already coached one game as interim. Uh, there's no reason he can't close out the season in that role. So. Uh, yeah, for the team, it was weird and probably a bit of a, a shock. But uh, in, in in the same vein, it's still kind of all all you know. Everything goes ahead from here on out. You still have your offensive coordinator and your defensive coordinator, and uh, you know you just don't have the get the guy that was leading the program for four or five weeks. Yeah, and what's really interesting now is Southern Miss is one and four, but they're only one and one in Conference USA. Eagles still have an opportunity if a few things go right; they they can win the West. So we're still talking about a team that still has you know their destiny in their own hands. Talk about the quarterback position this week. Jack Abraham looks like he's going to be back. Uh, any update on Tate Watley? And is there any type of position where you see where we play two quarterbacks on Saturday? Yeah, well, I think I think there's a chance that we see both of them out there, but I, I don't have any news on Tate. I just know that Jack, I think, was back at practice on on Tuesday. Let's see, that was when I think it was Tuesday when he was back at practice. So uh, that should give him time to uh, be ready to play on Saturday, and I would expect he'd be the starter. I thought I was really encouraged by what Whiteley did uh, up at Liberty. Uh, but you know, Jack is still the more refined passer at this point. Whiteley's a better athlete. 
and I always thought it worked whenever they did have a two QB system. Whenever Whiteley was a freshman, so uh, I I don't think it'd be a bad idea to get them both out there in some some way. What do you think uh, has to happen defensively? I mean, it, I, I think Saturday, obviously Malik Willis, you know, he lit us up. But that was a team you could tell they hadn't been on the game field in three weeks. But mm-hmm. now that you played one, what do they? What do they have to do? I mean, what is? It seems like there's a lot of places that they got to latch it down. But what is the biggest to you? Well, it's in the you know in the secondary is one part, and we saw some success out of the defense there in the second half. Whenever Santrell Latham and everybody kind of brought the heat on the quarterback. That was really the only point where they had success. I, I was a, I just thought they should have just kept doing it over and over again because nothing else was working. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if Santrell Latham and one or two other guys can get to the quarterback a little bit, it'll take some pressure off the secondary, which is going to struggle. Uh, there's some talk that Rayshon Mitchell may be back uh, with the team wow. uh, here here fairly soon. I, I'm not sure what all goes into that, but apparently that, that is a possibility. So uh, if you can, you know, the secondary kind of improved a little bit. Rayshon Mitchell somehow contribute. Uh, maybe we can see a little bit of a turnaround in the secondary going forward. So uh, it's just a lot of things start to have to go right, and those guys have to play with confidence, and they have to be able to communicate. There wasn't enough of that at Liberty. All right, Patrick, about a minute left. Clearly Marshall has separated itself as the best team in Conference USA at this point. Yeah, I mean, they're undefeated right now, and – you know, I, I was impressed with that freshman quarterback they got, but really it's all about the way that defense is playing uh, for Marshall. They're really tough to score on. And you know, if you go back over the years, really not every year, but much of the time, uh, one of the top one or two defenses in the conference, that team is usually the conference champion. So uh, anytime you can – they're capable of scoring the ball, and their defense is far and away the best of the bunch. So I would say Marshall's pretty good, even though I think UAB is pretty talented as well. And that still remains the odds-on favor to win the West, in all honesty, UAB, correct? Right, yeah. I mean, Southern Miss has to go to UAB. There's a lot of things kind of going their way. I mean, just every just what little I've seen out of UAB this season, I think they're the favorite in the West. Well, Patrick, I'm glad you're okay, brother, and I hope that you get some electricity back at your home here really quick. And uh, our best wishes to you. Real quick, uh, Patrick, does this disrupt – High school football this weekend down on the coast, other than uh, other than the Bay St. Louis team. Yeah, uh, we're going to see. Uh, I think at this point, I'm only seeing two coast games. They're going to be played Friday night, so the rest of them are going to be played on Saturday and Monday, and give me a big headache. So uh, <laughs> it's, there's a lot to juggle over the weekend, and I'll I'll try to see 18 different places at once. All right, Patrick, glad you're okay, brother. We'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, everybody, the professor from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Hurricane beaten, but not out. He'll be back on the show next week. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us this afternoon. We appreciate you tuning in wherever you are. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. That's where you find your best selection of Southern Miss apparel, swag, accessories for your home, for your car. 
all on Hardy Street right across from the Southern Miss campus, or you can go online at campusbookmart.net. Kelly Sander now joins us, and uh, Kelly, we were talking to Patrick in the first segment. Things got bad down on the Gulf Coast last night, but as I understand it, hurricane winds are not allowed inside the gates of Cane Break. Is, did I have that right? Yeah, that's correct. We uh, we we pay extra in, in property owners' dues. So yeah, that, that doesn't happen. So that that doesn't happen. I got you. I got we you. Did, we didn't even so much as have a flicker of electricity. Uh, no, same way with us. You know, it's just strange, isn't it? But we have been lucky this year yes. in Hattiesburg skipping hurricanes. There's no question about that. We have for sure. Uh, going over some sports headlines today, Bob, both locally and on the national scene. First of all, breaking as we speak in Major League Baseball, the Chicago White Sox have a new manager, <laughs> and their new manager is a really old manager, 76-year-old Tony LaRussa. Really? Who had not managed a game in the Major Leagues since 2011, has just been named the new manager of the Chicago White Sox. And you know what? Wow. Good for him. Yeah. Us, us old guys, we still have, you know, we're still getting some credit. Tony yeah. LaRusso last managed in 2011 when the Cardinals won the World Series. And LaRusso, at one earlier time in his career, managed the Chicago White Sox. So he's going to end his career, I guess, officially where he began it. Tony LaRusso, the new manager of the Chicago White Sox. In Good the Big him. Ten, yeah, in the, in the Big Ten uh, football story that Nebraska and Wisconsin, because of COVID, have canceled their game this weekend. Meanwhile, Nebraska is upset with the conference of the Big Ten because Nebraska could have scheduled Tennessee Chattanooga in Wisconsin's place, but the conference flat said no, that they would not allow Garbage. Nebraska to play Tennessee Chattanooga, even though they were not being allowed to play Wisconsin because of COVID. Of course, the MACCC, it's a Thursday night, so uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast, as we mentioned yesterday, shut down things. Uh, for a couple of weeks because of COVID. Of course, the hurricane may have gotten them anyway, as it turns out. But a full slate of NACC games tonight, including the, the cat fight down in South Mississippi between Pearl River and Jones. Our own Luke Johnson will be on that call tonight. Uh, Pearl River traveling to Jones for one of the MACCC games. And the Mississippi High School Activities Association has just released its classifications for next year, although the districts have not been announced yet. Most notably is in the 1A category, which is one of the smallest categories of all the schools, notably Taylorsville, who's won just about everything there is to win in 2A, is going down to 1A, and uh, Lumberton is already down there in 1A, and Bay Springs has been proven to have some good football teams over the year. Bay Springs going from 2A to 1A. The districts will be coming out a little bit later, and of course those every two years the MHSAA reshuffles the deck it's all based on enrollment. The most populated 32 schools are in 5A. The least populated schools, the least populated 32 schools are in 1A, and then they break it up uh, in between. For the record, the most populated school, the, the, the school that has the most students enrolled, you guys, what would be your guess? Luke, you probably already know. Bob would take a guess. Go ahead, Luke. Luke probably already knows. Uh, it's Tupelo, isn't it? It's either Tupelo right. or one of the coast schools. <clears throat> No, Tupelo is has the has the most students, and the high school with the least amount of students, with twenty two, the Mississippi <laughs> School for the Deaf has twenty two. 
So, Kelly, I got a question for you. You mentioned a, a, a school that I was very familiar with in, in my days up in the Delta of doing high school football, Nanawaria. I know that they were a consistent contender for the 1A football championship in, in the years that I was up there. What is it about small communities like that, Kelly, that um, enable them to just perennially be a good football power, even though there are very few people living in, in that area? Yeah, what's interesting about Nanawaya in particular is the last two or three years it's been Nanawaya or Lumberton that mm-hmm. has you know represented the South in the state football championships. Can you imagine if Nanawaya would, would stay 1A, but in the reclassification, Nanawaya is going up to 2A? But I, I think uh, to your question, Bob, a lot of these smaller, the smaller the communities are, the more pride they seem to have in their teams, and and they they rally around the teams. You talk about the sidewalks being folded up on Friday night when there's a home game. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I love about those smaller schools. Is I mean, it doesn't matter rain or shine. Come football Friday night, if there's a home game, they are there, and that's that's a slice of Americana that we're just not seeing much anymore. Yeah, and I hate that because there's there's a lot of you know, family values there and, and uh, you know, coming together as a community for a common cause, which was, you know, the, the football team defeating whoever they were playing. But you're absolutely right. I mean, Nainawaya was one of those communities. It didn't matter where they played. They would go. And I, some of the best high school football games I've seen, and not even as a broadcaster, but just as a fan, have been those battles between Lumberton and Nainawaya in uh, 1A. Mm-hmm. I hate that won't be able to see those anymore with Nainawaya going up. But Taylorsville coming down now and, and Bay Springs coming down to 1A means a whole new set of uh, big-time opponents for Lumberton right now in 1A. Yeah, Taylorsville could be, a, could be a demon in 1A. Am I right about that? Yeah, I mean, they've won everything there is to win in 2A, and now they're going down to a smaller classification. So right. uh, you would think that that would bode better for them. But, you know, Lumberton would probably say, hey, come on in. The water's warm, you yeah. know? It'll make for exciting. And, I mean, you know, it brings some variety to the – to the fan bases, I see some new faces and some new schools. So I guess overall, uh, I guess overall, that's a good thing. All right. Well, uh, Sander, have you found us a new football coach? Have you have you talked to anybody since yesterday? No, as as Luke called them, the keyboard warriors, of course, are, are throwing all. Oh yeah, they got all they got all the sources. There's no question <laughs> about that. Yeah, and of course, you know, there's some report out today that that Kane Womack, the defensive coordinator of Indiana, is is on the. What they what they termed the very short list, uh, but based on what Jeremy McLean said yesterday, you know, the head coaching experience would be a big plus. And of course, Kane, uh, you know, a Southern Miss guy, and his dad, Dave Womack, was the defensive coordinator here for for a while. Uh, but Kane has not been a head coach. His defense at Indiana is really good, and uh, you know, and they're in the top fifty, I think, in just about every category. Um, but he doesn't have a head coaching experience. But you know, then that question is, well, if if a lot of the, and then you ask people in the school, well, what about Kane Womack? And they go, well, we don't know anything about Kane Womack. Well, if how are these other media outlets? <laughs> That's a great question. You know, how do they know find so out much, this information right? if people at the university don't even That's know that? That's a great question. That's a great so the question. Only, the only way you could answer it is that the university does know, but just doesn't want to acknowledge it. Yeah, but why would they be telling those sources? You know, it's hard to say. Yeah. I, my speculation is the only guy that really knows. Who's on the "quote unquote" short short list is Jeremy McClain. That's reasonable. Yeah. Let me let me make a let me make a statement though. I don't understand. I don't. I, I'm gonna back off and 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 push back a little on the head coach and stuff. There's no way we can afford a buyout of a head coach. I mean, Chadwell's a different story. 
So that may be why there's – but if, if you're going to get a head coach, then you've got to go to FCS. There's no way we can afford a buyout on, on somebody like that. I, I, I think the coordinator, it's coordinator with, with the exception of a head coach, and it would have to be somebody like a Jamie Chadwell. I think he may be one of the only head coaches that could be on that list. Uh, and then the other names, of course, are all coordinators. Lashley, Womack, um, and some of the other guys, Will Hall, some of those other guys that, that we've talked about. I just don't see any way that Southern Miss, because the money that we spend to increase the pay pool, uh, unless somebody just wants to front, you know, a million bucks, two million bucks, I just don't see how that's going to happen. You know what would be what would be really surreal to me, you guys, is is if Kane Womack got that job, which is a big if, obviously, but but if he were to get that job, you talk about me officially being old. Yeah, I, I, I remember Dave Womack like yesterday, right? I coached Kane Womack in little league. Oh, you are old, Kelly. My I word. coached Kane Womack when he was a nine and ten year old kid. Hmm. Kelly, are you sitting down? I mean, have you had your rest for the day? And well, oh, they're feeding me my prunes right now. By oh, the I see. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's unbelievable when I sit and think of you know that some of these guys now that are these big you know rock star coaches I coached as little kids. It's amazing. Yeah, well, you remember the Lindbergh baby well. I mean, you've talked to me about that story many times, Kelly. So. And, and you know what? I had several conversations with Bruno Hauptman, and he said he never did it. <laughs> what a liar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's good news. Uh, good news for you there, Kelly. And, you know, he'd be an interesting pick because his dad, I thought, was sensational when he was here. Was just an excellent defensive coordinator, and also his dad coached at Ole Miss. Am I not right about that? That, that, is, that is correct. And, and Kane graduated from Oak Grove High School. His wife is an Oak Grove High School graduate. Uh-huh. Uh, they've got got three kids. I actually ran into Kane at the uh, Indy Five Hundred last year, and uh, me and Collins Hess were up there. In fact, Collins was on the Eagle Hour that day when we broadcast live from the Motor Speedway, and uh, and Kane Womack was up there that day, and he's he's, he's always talked about. You know, that he hoped someday that paths would cross where he'd get to go back to Hattiesburg. Many fond memories here. Could be. All right, Kelly, hang around. We're going to see if we can hook up with J.P. Heath, and either way we're going to connect back up with you uh, in the next segment or the last segment. So you good All right, that? guys, I'll be here. I'll All be right, here. Kelly Center will be back, everybody. J.P. Heath, we're going to try to locate J.P. upcoming, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to do that. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a gusty Thursday as Hurricane Zeta moved through. If you're down the Mississippi Gulf Coast, we uh, certainly thinking of you today as uh, picking up and uh, just rebounding. It's just been a crazy year. And if you're uh, in Hattiesburg and Laurel and, and even Meridian and uh, in, in southeast Mississippi, you know, uh, it got wild there for a little bit last night. And 
Glad you're okay. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Home of the 8.95 lunch tomorrow, the Bob Getty Special Fried mm. Catfish. A couple sides, and you can get you a sweet tea all for 8.95. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Well, Southern Miss gets ready uh, for a game this weekend against the Rice Owls, and you are not mishearing me when I say this. It is October 29th, and the Rice Owls have only played uh, one game, but here to break it down for us, one of our favorite guests going to bring us up to date on the Rice Owls, J.P. Heath of uh, out there in Houston, Rice University. And, and J.P., uh, is, is it kind of weird you've called one college football game uh, up to this point, and we're at the end of October? Yes. Can I answer quicker? Oh, my gosh. It's <laughs> the most bizarre thing, as we were joking during the break, for that first one to end in such a crazy way. It's like, it's like who was I? Maybe this a few weeks ago I was telling somebody. It's like you're living in this movie that just never ends. There are all these twists and turns, and you throw your job on top of it. And then to have it in such an insane way, the first game of the year, it's, it's just beyond, if I can answer that more declarative, it's just beyond amazing, everything that's happened. <laughs> but y'all know that already. So. Right, right. <laughs> and, and to top it off, Bob, you can, you can take this one away. What an ending to that first Rice game. Right, uh, JP. I was telling JP during the uh, break that I, up until Saturday, I thought the weirdest field goal I'd ever seen was years ago, Mississippi State and Ole Miss playing in Jackson. State lines up to kick the winning field goal. It looks like it's right down the middle, right before it gets to the crossbar. The wind catches it, literally holds the ball in the air, and then blows it backwards. Ole Miss wins the game. And JP, I thought that was as weird as it could get, but a four donger off of the. Uh, off of the goalpost Saturday, uh, Rice loses. Replay that for us uh, in the respect of, of what happened. It was in the first overtime. So Rice won the overtime toss, and as you're supposed to do by the book, you, you want the ball second. So did everything right. They uh, held Middle Tennessee, I think, uh, if I'm remembering right. That was a while back. It seems like a year. But they missed – uh, field goal, and we had a shot to win it. Then it hits off the crossbar. The 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 goalpost. I'm butchering it. it. Hit the goalpost on the right. It hit the the bottom crossbar over to the left cro- uh, goalpost, and then back down and hit the crossbar again and fell into the end zone. So if it falls the other way, it's a it's a win. And then Middle Tennessee. Then we have the ball back on the first possession of the second overtime had a field goal blocked, and then Middle Tennessee ran in a touchdown to win it. But And like Coach Bloomgren told me early in the week, they had plenty of chances to win it. It wasn't just that one play. As sports fans, we, t- we tend to make it like that because we want an easy answer. But there are so many other things they could have done better in that game to win. And another side note, I don't know if y'all are moving on, but I've got to fit this in. Uh, a Rice astrophysics athlete that graduated, yes, uh, named Adolfo Carvalho, He's got. He's getting some MIT postgraduate degree, so he's, he's rather smarter than all three of us combined, probably. <laughs> yes. But he did all the computation and the angles and the geometry and the physics. That I don't even know what John. I don't even know what he used to get it. But he found it was like at most a, a three point four out of ten million shot that it hits all four of those posts. <laughs> And like you got to be kidding me! Like I said earlier, that, that's that's a movie. Uh, like even even the Disney people put the red line through that in the in the in the script reading. Say no, 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 that can't happen. But it did. That's 
it's just amazing. A better chance of winning the lottery than that happening again, right? Pretty much, yeah. I like my odds now. I'm going to play before we get on the plane. Luke? Uh, JP, let's talk about Rice. Uh, You guys obviously got pushed back, and it got pushed back again. How has that affected, you know, leading up to this first game and now leading up to Southern Miss? I mean, you you hear the old antis, guys are tired of beating on themselves. Has the team responded pretty well in that two-month period before last week's game? Uh, To be totally transparent, I think it'll be after Saturday where we'll know that that fully, uh, just to be totally honest, because, you know, the old adage, you improve the most from your first game to the second game. That's what... Another thing Coach Bloomgren told me earlier this week on a, on a podcast we have, we're not doing our in-person coaches shows, but he's saying, we'll see. One of the players, Blaze Aldridge, who is a stud linebacker, he said he thought they made a lot of first-game mistakes on defense. They allowed, uh, for anyone that doesn't know about Middle Tennessee, they've got this dynamic two-way quarter, uh, multi-talented quarterback, Asher O'Hara. He had a drive in the first half in like a minute, and then like a 30-second drive, they got a field goal to end the game. So I think that's some of the miscues that probably don't happen because it's a, it's a much improved Rice defense. So I think there are some things, but we'll know better after uh, Saturday about 6 o'clock or so. You uh, you talked about the most improvement in, in a, a season is between week one and week two. They, they say with the program is between year two and year three. Coach Bloomgren in uh, year three, how does he – I know it's 2020, but, I mean, personnel-wise going into this game, how does he feel about the team this year and, and who are some of those playmakers Southern Miss fans can uh, expect to see on the, on the right side? It's the deepest quarterback room. He's told me that in more than one occasion in different ways. And he's told the media that he's got a, a, a grad transfer quarterback from TCU that threw for four touchdowns in the loss. So his name's Mike Collins, uh, number four. His backup, Giovanni Johnson, will come in. He'll, he'll do some single wing things probably. Um, and he's got Wiley Green. He threw for about 1,000 yards last year. Uh, the receiving game was hurt because Brad Rosner decided to opt out. He had a, a wrist injury. At, uh, and he's one of those potential next-level free agent types of, type of wideouts. Uh, and on defense, I already mentioned Blaze Aldridge. Uh, they've got a really deep running game. Uh, Juma Odoviano is back. He's finally healthy. And they got a true freshman running back. That's Kalen Griffin. And he is uh, maybe not a stud Saturday, so don't call me predicting it. But down the line, uh, he's, he, is a, he is a bowling ball. He can be really good uh, down the line. So th- they're building more. And I, and I think the merit of your question is great, but they are building a lot more. And, and we are seeing that improvement from year two to year three. Blaze Aldridge, could there be a better football name than that? He's wacko, man, in a good way. He's good crazy. When he gets on the field, he is everywhere. He's a ball hawk. He made 13 tackles. Uh, they had a safety, Kirk Lockhart, that made 12 tackles. The other day. And you don't want your safeties making all the tackles in a run game. But Blaze, he's a man possessed. Uh, and he's just uh, fantastic. Uh, might lose him after this year uh, to the draft or NFL free agency, but uh, a guy that had a, an interesting route getting to Rice. Originally, he was on Coach Bloomgren and the Stanford guys' radar to go to Stanford, but there was a terror threat like at the Orlando airport. So the airport got shut down. He didn't make his way to Stanford. Things just didn't work out. So he went JUCO, and we got him after one JUCO <laughs> year a couple seasons back. And He actually had his first interception at y'all's place two years ago. So that was the first time he ever started a game. So it's kind of uh, gone full circle for him. Uh, coming up this weekend. Rice has always played Southern Miss tough in football, JP. I, I wouldn't expect anything different this week. Well, what what has it been? I mean, they've always been shootouts, it seems. Well, 
I wish you hadn't said that because I have some information that differs. Uh, looking at the great Jack Duggan's media notes. No, um, we'll never question Jack Duggan. Let me go ahead and say that well, now, but go ahead. To, to not totally poo-poo you on your own show, you are right. There have been some close games. Right. But, in my opinion, the wrong team has won those the last five years. So, Southern Miss has won uh, four or five in a row. But Rice won, what was it? For the Yeah, here it is now. Rice won four of the first five, but Southern Miss has won the last five games. Right, uh, but, some, but, but some of those losses that Rice has taken were in close games. I mean, that's my point. That. They're they're always seemingly to me competitive with one another. Yeah, there was, um, and I got to remember I'm looking at the Southern Miss notes. So yeah, there was um, a nine point game, a five point game in the series. There was a two point game, right? Um, right. Twelve, yeah. So you are right. And last year's was a fourteen point game here, right? Right. Uh, but you and guys you, won sixty five. You know, one of those losses. You know, one of those are the wins that Rice got was against Ellis Johnson, so that really doesn't count. You know that, don't you? It doesn't count on the <laughs> <Yeah>. show. <laughs> We're keeping it. We're keeping it. I'm yeah, let's not that. bring that. Let's not bring that name up. Uh, JP, real quickly, uh, I know your guys have not been able to play up until last week, and now the conference has set two weeks uh, available to make up games. If Rice can make those two games up, how many total games would that give them the opportunity to play this year? Uh, we've got six now, and I asked the same question to our athletic director, Joe Cargard, on our, our podcast I mentioned earlier earlier this week, Rice House Insider, shameless plug, if you want to listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he talked about, first you have to see if all of these games are played, because you don't know if all right. the regular season games right. are going to be played yet. But then they, the, the way the conference is doing they go to division games. So since we're in the same division, let's say something happened and we didn't play, You'd have the priority to make up Rice and Southern Miss. That's not what, what's happening if somebody's just clicking the dial on. That's not what's happening. But, like, for us, let's say all the regular season games are played. We had UAB canceled from our division, Marshall from the other division. So if everything went according to Hoyle, which, you know, in 2020 it doesn't. But if it did, we'd play UAB again at least in one of those two spare weeks. If any of that makes sense, congratulations. Yeah. It's just a weird year, JP, and uh, we're yes, all sir. we're all hoping it ends sooner than later. All right, my friend, it's <laughs> always good to have you on the Eagle Eye. We always appreciate your time and look forward to having you in the Berg this weekend. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you. All right, JP Heath, Thanks, everybody, JP. the great play-by-play voice of the Rice Owls and one of the nicest guys in the business. We'll be back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. We always appreciate our time with J.P. Heath, the voice of the Rice Owls, coming into the Rock this Saturday kickoff at 2 p.m. And that game's on ESPN3. Also, Southern Miss, although 1-4 and four on the year, 1-1 one and one in Conference USA and be a big win, Golden Eagles could have a winning record in Conference USA where they win against Rice. On Saturday, women's basketball releases their schedule for the 2020-2021 season. They begin the season on November 
27th uh, in Reed Green Coliseum, a two-day tournament called the Lady Eagle Thanksgiving Classic, Alabama A&M, Southeastern Louisiana coming in. Uh, Lady Eagles also have a home game against Mississippi State on December 12th, go on the road at Alabama December 17th, and then start conference play uh, on New Year's Eve against UTEP. Uh, It should be noted the women's schedule, just like the men's schedule, so uh, when they play conference games on the road, uh, just like I said, they go to UTEP on December 31st. They stay in El Paso, and they'll play the Lady Miners on January the 2nd. And then so when they have a home game, they'll play Thursday, Saturday. Uh, their travel partner is Louisiana Tech. So Louisiana Tech, they will play on the road and will host the uh, Lady Bulldogs. But uh, it looks just like uh, the men's schedule uh, as far as the scheduling uh, not opponents, but scheduling. And so uh, good luck to uh, Coach McNellis and, and her ladies as they kick off uh, the season. Uh, Mississippi Community College Junior College football tonight. Uh, several games, full slate of games. Southwest at Hines, East Central at Colin, Northeast at Holmes, Coloma at Northwest. And then tonight on uh, Super Talk Laurel, 99.3 at 7 o'clock, Mark Easley and I will be on the call for the catfight, Pearl River at Jones College. Kelly, you know a little bit about the uh, the catfight. It's what, 93, 94 years running, something like that? And Jones has had, you know, Jones is, is on a pretty good run of, of victories in that series. But, uh, but I got to see Seth Smith and the Pearl River Wildcats play. Uh, their last game, they had a bye last week, but two weeks ago, uh, won their first game for Coach Smith. And that, this is a much better Pearl River team than they've had uh, in the past, much more balanced offensively and defensively. And I know that uh, that uh, Coach Buckley at Jones might be a little bit concerned about, uh, um, you know, people said that they couldn't score any points, but then went down to Southwest and put over 40 on the board. But Pearl River's going to be able to score some points. So it, it might be it might be a shootout tonight. A little, little chilly out there. As uh, uh, you know, with the, the clouds have moved out of the way with the storm, but that that should be a good one between Pearl River and uh, Jones tonight. I wish I could get tickets for it, but because of COVID, uh, there's limited seating, and um, I understand it's sold out. So, well, that's a good thing, though, right? You yeah, it's yeah, a good yeah, problem to have. I got to tell you guys, the quote of the day though comes from Lou Holtz, you know, the world world famous coach. He was asked about the New York Jets today, and of course, the Jets have struggled in the NFL. And Lou Holtz said, the Jets are a very good team. It has gone unnoticed because they haven't won a game. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's now that. That's a quote. <laughs> so now, Kelly, I got a question Sign for you. Uh, J.P. Heath told us uh, in the previous segment, uh, we were talking about that weird field goal attempt they made. Right. And he said one of their student athletes, and he described him as an astrophysicist athlete. I, I, undoubtedly, that reminds you of your days at Iowa State, right? Astrophysicist athlete. Oh, yeah. Luke was talking about, you know, 15 years ago, he was a senior. I can relate to that because, actually, I was a senior for 15 years. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> And you didn't study astrophysicists, whatever that is. No, uh, kegology. Technology, um, I got you. Yeah, part of the fraternity Kappa Keg a day that I was in. So uh, let's uh, ask our young protege here: What does an astrophysicist do, Luke? Because really, I, you know, I'm a journalism guy, I major. I have no idea. An astrophysicist studies things that none of us can comprehend. 
There we go. That's a great description. <laughs> well, you know, a lot so, of things would apply to that, though, wouldn't they, Kelly? A Bengals winning season? Yeah, um, we can comprehend that. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> it, it actually is a science that employs the methods and principles of physics in the study of astronomical objects and phenomena. That's exactly so, what I was thinking. Any, what you anything center? dealing with the sun, galaxies, oh, extrasolar yeah. oh, planets, yeah, yeah. the interstellar medium... And the cosmic microwave background are all part of uh, what it takes to figure out right. how, how the uh, the the chances of a four doink in a college football game. Hey guys, want to get this in? This is great news. Uh, Matt Riles, a redshirt freshman uh, lineman for Southern Miss. Of course, his father, Chris Riles, played football at Southern Miss in the late '80s, early '90s. Matt tweets out today: Four years ago, I found out on the football field that my father had acute myeloid leukemia. Four years later, it's a blessing to say he's cancer-free, and now almost three years in full remission, we serve a powerful, almighty God. Hashtag God is good. That's great for Chris Riles and a man and Matt talking about his dad on Twitter. Good stuff. That's a that's a great way to end the show. That's uh that's very good news. Yeah, Chris Riles. Chris Riles was actually one of uh, Brett Favre's offensive linemen. I think he was on on that right side. Big old number. Play with Stump too. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Sure did. Talk about going back when you bring up the Stumpster's name. Man, you're going back a long way then, aren't we, Kelly? Well, let's not talk about any more field goals, though. <laughs> uh, boink. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow at Alabama. 1 yeah, Alabama. That's right. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Till then, Southern Miss. To the to top. To the top. into the Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.